today we are going to learn from the book of Luke. And Jesus says, do you want to follow me, Fal? Do you want to follow me, Pastor Alberna? Do you want to follow me, Paul? Take up the cross, deny yourself, and follow Jesus. And we can follow Jesus that way if we don't see Jesus not only as a useful king, but as a precious God. He came to be precious. Let's read Luke 14, and the title of my sermon today is The Price of Following Christ. Price of Following Christ. Luke 14, verse 25 to 30. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciples, you must hate everyone else by comparison your father your mother wife children brothers and sisters yes even your own life otherwise otherwise you cannot be my disciples and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me you cannot be my disciples but don't begin until you count the cost for who would begin constructions of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might, otherwise you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. Then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there is the person who started that building but could not afford to finish it. Here Jesus told the large crowd, if you want to follow me, they must hate their family, even their own life. And I said like, whoa, where did that come from, man? I mean, obviously hating your family would contradict the most important commandments taught by Jesus. Matthew 22, 37 to 40, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your souls and your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Second and equally important, love your neighbors or love others, including your family. As yourself. And continue. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So why? Did Jesus use the word hate in Luke 14? The word hate in that context means to love less. So we can read Luke 14 to 26 this way. If you want to be Jesus' follower, you must love less everyone else by comparison. You need to love less your father, your mother, wife, and children, your brothers and sisters, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciples. Our love for Christ must be more dominant, must be greater, must be superior, so that compared to others' love, it is like hatred. 
That is what Jesus meant in Luke 14. Jesus did not teaching us to hate, but is to love less all these things, but to love Him more. His love must be dominant in our life. Let me say it again. Our love for Christ must be more dominant than our love for anyone or anything. Yes, including money, career, education, hobbies, and sport team. And now let me share my testimony about my uh, favorite sport team. Uh, no, not Lakers. <laughs> You know, my favorite basketball team is San Antonio Spurs. You know, there was a time in my life, you know, a long time ago, <laughs> let's put it that way. My, you know, um, I mean, I love San Antonio Spurs with everything that I had. Man, seriously. And if you ask me today, did I love Jesus? Oh, absolutely, I love Jesus. But I love Spurs more than I love Jesus. And how did I know? Because on that times, if you talk crap about my San Antonio Spurs, I will unfriend you. For real, guys. I will delete your contacts from my number. For real. I will hate you with everything that I have. And one time, one time, I almost hit my friend because he cheers for Lakers against Spurs. For real, guys. He's in my, in my home, and I was like, say it again, man. I, I, I push him on the, on the wall, and I lift him up like, say it again. Say it again. One time, long time ago. Long time ago. On that time, I thought, I love Jesus. I'm a follower of Christ. But truth be told, I am not. A follower of Christ. Why? Because I love spurs more than I love Jesus. My brothers and sisters in Christ, our love for Christ must be more dominant, must be greater, must be superior than our love for anyone or anything. Let's read again this important text, Luke 14, 26-27. If you want to be his Jesus disciples, if you want to be his followers, you must hate or you must love less everyone else by comparison. Your father, mother, wife, children, brother, sister, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be Jesus' disciples. I do not say this. This is Jesus said to all of you. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow Jesus, you cannot be Jesus' disciples. This text explains the price of following Christ. Following Jesus is not cheap. It is costly. Jesus wants his followers to get to a place where following Jesus is so important that if we lost everything, for Jesus, it would still be worth it. So the question that we need to ask today, my brethren, if following Jesus costs you, costs all of us everything, would it still be worth it to you? 
if following Christ costs us everything, will it still be worth it? Jesus makes it clear in verse 28 in Luke 14 that we need to count the cost. We need to make some calculation. Luke 14, 28. But don't begin. Begin what? Begin following Jesus. So don't begin following Jesus until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? So for example, we decided to extend our church. Oh, man, suddenly people coming and coming and coming and we don't have enough space. And we decided as a church, I decided, you know what, let's extend the building. And we extend the building, we lay out the foundation, we extend the wall, oh, it's a beautiful wall, it's a beautiful music. But at the, uh, you know, in the middle of the journey, extending the building, and we find out like, hey, we don't have enough money to build the roof. So I decided, because we don't have enough money to build the roof, I will give all of you an umbrella. I'll give you an umbrella. Just to protect you from the sun and from the rainy day. Because why? Because we don't have enough money to finish the roof. So the question to all of you today, Am I a smart leader or a dummy one? Just imagine. Every Sunday, Brian will wear an umbrella listening to my sermon. But we have a beautiful foundation and beautiful wall. Just no roof, my friend. Smart or dumb? Another example. Let's say Paul and Sabrina, they're going, to, they're going vacation to Europe. They bring two wonderful, their wonderful son. Uh, last time I heard four, four of them, right? Four sons. And they go to Europe and oh, they have a wonderful time. Oh, they, they eat a good stuff. They enjoy a beautiful vacation. They see a wonderful cities of Europe. But in the middle of the journey, Levi look and who else? Liki and Luku. We don't have enough money to go back home. So we'll become a homeless in London, okay? Levi Luke and Liki and Luku. Okay? So the question is, is Paul is a good father or a dummy father? Answer it. And all of us, we know. The answer will be, you dumb, Paul. You plan go to a wonderful vacation, but you're not able to go back home. <laughs> Two-way tickets, <laughs> but you sell it for something else, man. <laughs> Same thing in following Jesus. We must count the cost. As we are growing in the knowledge of Jesus, we should know, you should know, guys, carrying the cross, denying our flesh, suffering, trials, seeing Jesus not only as a useful king, but precious God are part of believing in Christ. All of this must be expected. 
Many Christians, oh, I want this, I want that one, but I don't want all the rest of the stuff. Carrying the cross, denying your flesh, suffering, trials, seeing Jesus as the most precious thing in your life is part or part of believing in Christ. Jesus wants to be the one and only. And to live based on this truth, man, it is costly, brethren. Costly. We will study and compare two lives of people who met Jesus personally. The first person was a religious leader. Let's read on Luke 18. Luke 18, 18 to 23. Once a religious leader asked Jesus these questions, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your questions, you know the commandments? You must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother. The man replied, oh, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard this, when Jesus heard his answer, he said, oh, there is still one thing you have not done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad. Why? For he was very rich. I believe. If the famous person, not the rich person, approaches Jesus, Jesus will respond it in verse 20, 22. Hey, there is one more thing you have not done. Live the world fame. Don't pursue it. Be my servant, then you will have the heavenly fame. Come and follow me. And verse 23 will say this. But when the man heard this, he became very sad. For he was very famous in this world. Or if the intelligent, very smart person approaches Jesus, he will respond it this way. Oh, there's still one more thing that you have not done. Will you give your life so I can use your intelligence to expand my kingdom in the eyes of the world? You will be considered fool, but you will have treasure in heaven. And verse 23, when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very smart. So it is not only about money. Here Jesus was revealing the real condition of his heart. Jesus was showing him in you know showing him in your lips you say oh i love god but the real god in your life is not god what became god in this man's life in luke 14 was his wealth his wealth become his god when jesus revealed this truth about the condition of his heart what happened to him he became very sad 
and he left Jesus because the price of following Jesus was too high, too expensive, too big for him. The second person is Zacchaeus. Let's read Luke 18. I'm sorry, 19. We're going, we're going to, uh, to learn a lot from the book of Luke today. Luke 19. Luke 19, verse 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. And he had became, become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by and looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name, Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinners, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I cheated the, the people on their taxes, tax, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to, to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. If the rich person in Luke 18 could not give away his wealth, Zacchaeus gladly gave half of his wealth to the poor and the victim of his fraud four times as much. Man, I imagine there will not be much left for Zacchaeus. I mean, imagine half of it gone to the poor. Right? And not only that, all to the victims, he will pay how many times? Four times. Imagine that. You know, maybe none was left for him. None left for Zacchaeus. But for Zacchaeus, the price of following Jesus is that much. It was not too big, it was not too high for Zacchaeus to lose the riches of the world, but gaining Christ. So two men meet with Jesus personally. One was unwilling to lose his possessions, the other was willing to lose his possession to follow Jesus. What made the difference? The difference is how they see what is the most valuable in their life. What they treasured the most. That is the difference.
You know the rich person? When Jesus said, hey, you know what? Sell your possessions and give away to the poor. And this rich person, they make calculation. Oh, sell this and that one. Oh, it's not worth it. I lost so much money. Oh, no, no bueno, no good. They make calculation again. Oh, you know what? You know, I want to have in, uh, inherit eternal life. But make calculation again. Oh, I need to sell this. I need to give away all of this stuff. Oh, man, it's too much. No good. If you're Indonesian, you say, Oh, rugi, 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 rugi. If you're Chinese, you will say, If I pronounce correctly, dao mei. Correct or not? No? Maybe mei o chen? I don't know. I'm trying to be international today, guys. So they make calculation. He made calculation and said, Oh my goodness, this is too much. It's not worth it to follow Jesus this way. It's too much money, too much. I lose too much. And he decided to left Jesus. And the other person, Zacchaeus, remember he was the chief, the leader of the tax collector, right? Oh man, he was smart. He was good with number. So he opened his calculator. You like my pink calculator? And he made calculation. <sighs> Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. I lost everything, but I still gain more. What's up with this? At the end of the day, Zacchaeus declared, man, is so worth it to follow Christ. Man, he make a, again, he make a question again. And he come back again, look, 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 I make a question. I lost everything. I give half away to my wealth to the poor and give four of them to the, all the people and I still make some money. I still make some money. Look at this. It doesn't make sense. Zacchaeus decided to follow Jesus. Both of them calculated the price, how much to follow Jesus. Both of them. They each counted the cost and they made their choice. Likewise, we all need to calculate the price. And if we calculate the price of following Jesus, only focusing on what will be lost in this world, you will not take up the cross, deny yourself, and follow Jesus. You will not. You are focusing on the wrong cause. Let's remember Jesus' teaching in Matthew 16, verse 26. It says this, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul is anything worth more than your soul so you gain everything in the whole world man you have the best girlfriend the most beautiful woman in your life the best handsome gorgeous boyfriend you name it you are very rich you gain the whole world but you lose your soul the Bible say, 
What is the benefit of it? Jesus wants to be the one and only. He wants to be the most expensive, the most valuable in our life. And to live by this truth, man, it is very costly to all of us. You know, many of us are happy to follow Jesus as long as that don't require much from us. Right? Most of us, many Christians nowadays like that. We don't mind Jesus making some minor changes in our life. But Jesus wants to make major changes in your life. We think a little makeup there and there is fine. But Jesus wants to make a complete makeover in your life. You know, we want Jesus to inspire us. Oh, inspire me today, Jesus. Inspire me, Jesus. But listen, my brethren. Jesus wants to interfere your life. Not just to inspire you, but to interfere your life. To the point like, Lord, uh, this is not my plan. Oh yes, I know that's not your plan, but it is my plan for you. You trust me, I will lead you. Jesus wants the 365 days in your life, not only the weekend. Many Christians give only the weekend to the Lord. Let me say it again. Jesus wants the 365 days of your life. One of the biggest problems in the church today is the people who call themselves Christians but are not actually interested following Christ. They want to be close enough with Jesus to get all the benefit, all the blessings, but not close enough that requires them or anything from them. Let me say it again, guys. One of the biggest problems in the church today is people who call themselves Christians who are not actually interested following Christ. One of the biggest problems. They want to get close to the Lord, to get all the blessings, but not close enough requires everything from them. But we want everything from the Lord. That's funny, right? Everything, Lord, give it to me. But when God asks you, give it to me. No, 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 no. They want Jesus without taking up the cross. I pray and hope for all of us in this place and those, watch, those people watching online not to follow the footstep of the rich person in Luke 18. He chose the riches of the world over Jesus. Don't let that happen to all of us. Following Jesus thus requires a commitment that will cause us a great thing. And this is true throughout the Bible, throughout the scriptures. Example from the Old Testament. I'll give you an example. Noah. You need to understand, on his day, there was no rain. There was no flood. And suddenly, God spoke to Noah, Noah, I want you to build a boat. Imagine. And not only small boat, man. <laughs> like, big boat. Like, maybe 
how big it is, like a state, like an NFL stadium, football stadium, maybe even bigger. So imagine, all his neighbors stop by. Noah, what are you doing, bro? Oh, I'm building a boat. What is boat? Oh, because God spoke to me, there will be rain and there will be flood. You crazy man. What is rain? What is flood? Trust me, Noah will be ridiculed by all his friends. Why? Because he decided to follow the Lord. The cost for Noah is worth it. Not too big, not too high. I'll give you another example. Daniel. Daniel is like you, Ben. He was very young man. Lived in the darkest time. Very dark time. And he decided to live to please the Lord. And what will happen to him? What will happen to him? Come on. He was thrown into the lion den. Imagine, you want to live pleasing the Lord. You want to live pleasing the Lord. And suddenly, Daniel, go dating with the lion. Go, go, check it out, man. But for Daniel, the cost was not too big. The cost was not too high. He went to the lion den and God protect him. And today we learn from Zacchaeus. I mean, he wants to meet Jesus. But because of the crowd and his short, he decided to climb the tree. Maybe like some of us today. He tried to see Jesus, but there's crowd or represent like something, you know, hinders you to follow Jesus. And I want to give you a suggestion. Follow Zacchaeus. Climb the stair or climb the tree. Climb. Oh my gosh, my. Climb. You need to understand your perspective about life will not be the same. If you sit from here, from the ground, and when you sit from the top, it's very different. If you remember, Paul preached about one time, go to the mountain. Climbing the stair or climbing the tree or go to the mountain can be a symbol, get closer to the Lord. It's not like, oh, I need to find three next to my home and I'm going to climb a tree and, and every day I'm trying to find Jesus. No, no, no. There's a meaning behind it, man. The meaning is get closer to the Lord. Read the Bible. Go to church. Meditate the Word. And use, as you meditate the Lord, as you get closer to the Lord, suddenly your perspective about life is different. It's different like Zacchaeus. Wow. Yes, Jesus, oh my Lord, I will follow him. I will follow him. Climb your spiritual ladder. Get closer to the Lord. Don't be lazy to come to church. Don't be lazy to read your Bible. Don't be lazy to worship the Lord. 
challenge yourself to listen more to worship songs. It will change your life. Do you know that? Get closer, get closer, get closer, get closer. Suddenly, you will be gladly to lose everything for the sake of Jesus. And you will say, you declare, it is worth it. I follow Jesus. Climb your spiritual tree, my friend. Amen. Today, we are going to partake Holy Communions. And before we partake Holy Communions, I want to stand an invitation to all of you who have never accepted Jesus as your Savior. I mean, let's read again Luke 19, verse 5, the story of Zacchaeus. When Jesus came by, so this is Zacchaeus, right? He was climbing the tree, and Jesus came by, and what happened? Jesus looked at him and called him by name, Zacchaeus! Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Now, I want you to imagine. Okay, this is Zacchaeus. He's trying to looking for Jesus, climbing the tree and looking for Jesus before say, hi, Jesus, I'm Zacchaeus. Before Zacchaeus say his name, he said this. Zacchaeus, I know you. I know your name. Come down. I want to stay in your place. It changed Zacchaeus' life. That's the miracles. When Jesus called Zacchaeus by name, because suddenly, what? You know my name, Jesus? Oh, yes. I know your name, Zacchaeus. Calm down. I want to be your guest in your home. Same thing with all of you today. And I want to invite all of you, never leave Jesus, as you climb your spiritual tree, as you climb, get closer to the Lord, before you say, Lord, my name is Falim. Oh, before you say that, Jesus says this, Falim, welcome home. I love you. I love you. More than before you love me, I love you first. Come, I love you. So I want to send an invitation for all of you who never received Jesus Christ in your life. Come to Jesus. He knows your life. He knows your struggle. He knows everything about your life. He loves you so dearly. He came and died for all of us. Come to Jesus. Climb the spiritual tree.